in light of the beautiful gift that Young Zhu gave us with Ride on King Jesus and the fact that the choir sang a piece by one of my favorite composers, Natalie Sleeth, I think this quote by C.S. Lewis is appropriate. Stay with me. Don't, don't quit halfway through this quote, okay? C.S. Lewis said, Hell is the kingdom of noise. But then he went on to say that in heaven, all that is not music is silence. Music critical to our life of faith. It touches us in, pl in places that mere prose cannot, right? I mean, I could have said the same thing, same words that Young Ju said, sang, and it wouldn't have moved you nearly as much as him singing, right? Because music just is able to do that. It helps us express emotions and feelings and perceptions that are really too deep for words. And thus, the Philippians text, one of the earliest, if not the earliest, Christian hymns. This is a song. So what's the music of the text do we, uh, do we need to hear this morning? What would it look like to have the mind of Christ in us? Well, first, the text indicates that Jesus emptied himself, becoming in the form of a slave. What that means is it's not looking after number one. And you remember the old story of the two hikers came upon a mean bear and one of them sat down and immediately put on his Nikes and the other one said, you can't hope to outrun the bear. He said, don't have to, just have to outrun you. Looking out after number one, to have the mind of Christ in us means that we give up the right to first, foremost, and only think of ourselves of seeing ourselves in some kind of competition with others. To have the mind of Christ in us is to have such a relationship with Christ that we begin to think like, act like, and love the people that Christ loves. And we recognize that sacrifice, even suffering, will result if we are faithfully, and if we are faithful to the mind of Christ. And if we do that, we become a servant. Obedience, says the text, even to the point of death, and the only rivalry here is to outdo each other in honoring each other. And we can see this most plainly by Jesus' example. He lives and breathes what he teaches. He becomes fully human. And we recognize finally that power and servanthood unite. They go together. The most powerful person ever to live was a servant. God's power, God's glory was lived out on earth even as it is in heaven. You see, he never asks anything of us that he doesn't do, that he doesn't first offer himself. And so we follow where he leads. This week, we started off bright and sunny. It gets dark early. It gets very dark. Jesus is headed towards the cross, reminding those of us who say, Jesus is Lord, that there's a cross for us. Claudia Cassidy became a Christian. She had been trained in medicine, and she felt called to be a missionary doctor. 
So she was sent to Chile. Soon after she arrived, she was arrested by the army under suspicion that she worked for the CIA. In her, in her cell, in her diary, she wrote the following dialogue. You offered yourself freely, didn't you? No one forced you here. Yes, of course. Well, then your offer's been accepted. Well, I, I didn't think it would be like this. Well, what'd you think it would mean? I don't know. I, I thought it would mean I'd be, maybe be a famous missionary doctor. Well, perhaps Christ doesn't want you to be a famous missionary doctor just yet. But why? Who knows? Perhaps he wants you here among the prisoners to be Christ for them. But for five years? So what? Did you, shine, did you sign up for the short term? No. It was for always and anywhere. Then what are you complaining about? That's how you know a disciple. Not by the size of the Bible, not by the cross around the neck, not by the spiritual talk, but the one who follows. Let me ask you some rhetorical questions. Don't want to ask you to hold your hand up. How many of us have been to church our whole lives? I went when I was two weeks old and it was downhill from there. Quite a few of us, right? How many Christian books have you read? How many Bible studies have you attended? How many Sunday school classes have you sat through or even taught? How many prayers have you prayed? How many times have you actually worshipped? How many sermons have you endured? I can tell you exactly how many. Do you know how many? Enough! Enough! It's time to pick up the cross with your name on it. The time is here today. It's time for action. The text says he didn't grasp at things for himself, but was rather obedient to the point of death. We must follow him. And somewhere in your life, there's a cross of discipleship for you to pick up and carry. You'll have to define what that is. That's between you and the Lord. But whatever it is, you've been in training for it. Lo, these many years. It may be a cross out in the world. It may be a cross deep in your soul. But it's the only way to healing, wholeness, resurrection, life. Until you pick it up, you're not living. You're just training. And God forbid that we would spend our whole life just training and never get in the race. The first disciples struggled. They listened to the music but finally they picked up their crosses and followed oh God help us to do the same I hope to God that we don't merely listen to the music but we begin to live it 
What do you say? Amen.